My name is Professor Rachel Bodell, and you're listening to The Bible in a Year, The Story Podcast, where we encounter a living God that is calling us to live a life from, with, and for Him. This podcast is designed to help you listen to the one connected story of the Bible and understand it perhaps just a little bit better by learning from biblical scholars that have helped me. We will read the Bible out loud and explore how the one connected story of the kingdom of God is unfolding and how we fit into that story today. This is day 73, and I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible, Numbers 24 and 25, Deuteronomy 26, and Psalm 107. Numbers 24. Now when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not resort to divination as at other times, but turned his face towards the wilderness. When Balaam looked out and saw Israel encamped tribe by tribe, the Spirit of God came on him, and he spoke his message. The prophecy of Balaam, son of Beor, the prophecy of one whose eyes sees clearly, the prophecy of one who hears the words of God, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who falls prostrate, and whose eyes are opened. How beautiful are your tents, Jacob, your dwelling places, Israel. Like valleys they spread out, like gardens beside a river, like aloes planted by the Lord, like cedars beside the waters. Water will flow from their buckets. Their seed will have abundant water. Their king will be greater than Agog. Their kingdom will be exalted. God brought them out of Egypt. They have the strength of a wild ox. They devour hostile nations and break their bones in pieces. With their arrows, they pierce them. Like a lion, they crouch and lie down. Like a lioness, who dares to rouse them? May those who bless you be blessed and those who curse you be cursed." Then Balak's anger burned against Balaam. He struck his hands together and said to him, I summoned you to curse my enemies, but you have blessed them these three times. Now leave it once and go home. I said I would reward you handsomely, but the Lord has kept you from being rewarded. Balaam answered Balak, Did I not tell the messengers you sent me? Even if Balak gave me all the silver and gold in his palace, I could not do anything of my own accord, good or bad, to go beyond the command of the Lord, and I must say only what the Lord says. Now I am going back to my people, but come, let me warn you of what this people will do to your people in days to come. Then he spoke his message. The prophecy of Balaam, son of Beor, the prophecy of one whose eyes see clearly, the prophecy of one who hears the words of God, who has knowledge from the Most High, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who falls prostrate and whose eyes are opened. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. He will crush the foreheads of Moab, the skulls of all the people of Sheth. Edom will be conquered. Sair, his enemy, will be conquered, but Israel will grow strong. A ruler will come out of Jacob and destroy the survivors of the city. Then Balaam saw Amalek and spoke his message. Amalek was first among the nations, but their end will be utter destruction. Then he saw the Kenites and spoke his message. Your dwelling place is secure. Your nest is set in rock. Yet you, Kenites, will be destroyed when Asher takes you captive. Then he spoke his message. Alas, who can live when God does this? Ships will come from the shores of Cyprus. They will be subdued, Asher and Eber, but they too will come to ruin. Then Balaam got up and returned home, and Balak went his own way. 
While Israel was staying in Shittim, the men began to indulge in sexual immorality with Moabite women who invited them to the sacrifices to their gods. The people ate the sacrificial meal and bowed down before these gods. So Israel yoked themselves to the Baal of Peor, and the Lord's anger burned against them. The Lord said to Moses, Take all the leaders of these people, kill them, and expose them in broad daylight before the Lord, so that the Lord's fierce anger may turn away from Israel. So Moses said to Israel's judges, Each of you must put to death those of your people who have yoked themselves to the Baal of Peor. Then an Israelite man brought into the camp a Midianite woman right before the eyes of Moses and the whole assembly of Israel, while they were weeping at the entrance to the tent of meeting. When Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw this, he left the assembly, took a spear in his hand, and followed the Israelite into the tent. He drove the spear into both of them, right through the Israelite man and into the woman's stomach. Then the plague against the Israelites was stopped, but those who died in the plague numbered 24,000. The Lord said to Moses, Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned my anger away from the Israelites. Since he was as zealous for my honor among them as I am, I did not put an end to them in my zeal. Therefore, tell him I am making my covenant of peace with him. He and his descendants will have a covenant of a lasting priesthood, because he was zealous for the honor of his God and made atonement for the Israelites. The name of the Israelite who was killed with the Midianite woman was Zimri, son of Salu, the leader of a Simeonite family. And the name of the Midianite woman who was put to death was Kozbi, daughter of Zur, a tribal chief of a Midianite family. The Lord said to Moses, Treat the Midianites as enemies and kill them. They treated you as enemies when they deceived you in the Peor incident involving their sister Kozbi, the daughter of a Midianite leader, the woman who was killed when the plague came as a result of that incident. Deuteronomy 26 when you have entered the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and have taken possession of it and settled in it, take some of the first fruits of all that you produce and from the soil of the land the Lord your God is giving you and put them in a basket. Then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name and say to the priest in office at the time, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. The priest shall take the basket from your hands and set it down in front of the altar of the Lord your God. Then you shall declare before the Lord your God, My father was a wandering Aramean, and he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, subjecting us to harsh labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil, and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs of wonder. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring the first fruits of the soil that you, Lord, have given me. Place the basket before the Lord your God and bow down before him. Then you and the Levites and the foreigners residing among you shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given you and your household." When you have finished setting aside a tenth of all your produce in the third year, the year of the tithe, you shall give it to the Levite, the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow, so that they may eat in your towns and be satisfied. 
Then say to the Lord your God, I have removed from my house the sacred portion and have given it to the Levite, the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow. According to all you command, I have not turned aside from your commands, nor have I forgotten any of them. I have not eaten any of the sacred portion while I was in mourning. Nor have I removed any of it while I was unclean, nor have I offered any of it to the dead. I have obeyed the Lord my God. I have done everything you commanded me. Look down from heaven, your holy dwelling place, and bless your people Israel and the land you have given us as you promised on oath to our ancestors, a land flowing with milk and honey. The Lord your God commands you this day to follow these decrees and laws. Carefully observe them with all your heart and with all your soul. You have declared this day that the Lord your God and that you will walk in obedience to him, that you will keep his decrees, commands, and laws, that you will listen to him. And the Lord has declared this day that you are his people, his treasured possession, and as he promised, and that you are to keep all his commands. He has declared that he will set you in praise, fame, and honor high above all the nations he has made, and that you will be a people holy to the Lord your God as he promised." Psalm 107. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those He redeemed from the hand of the foe, those He gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds of mankind, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains, because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice, thank offerings, and tell of his works with songs of joy. Some went out in the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep, for he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lift high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wit's end. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. He turned rivers into a desert, flowing springs into thirsty ground, and fruitful land into salt waste because of the wickedness of those who live there. 
He turned the desert into pools of water, and the parched ground into flowing springs. There he brought the hungry to live, and they found a city where they could settle. They sowed fields and planted vineyards that yielded a fruitful harvest. He blessed them, and their numbers greatly increased, and he did not let their herds diminish. Then their numbers decreased, and they were humbled by oppression, calamity, and sorrow. He who pours contempt on nobles made them wander in a trackless waste. But he lifted the needy out of their affliction, and increased their families like flocks. The upright see and rejoice, but all the wicked shut their mouths. Let the one who is wise heed these things, and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. To Orient, we're reading in the book of Numbers first, and in Hebrew, Numbers means wilderness. Numbers are organized into five parts, the first getting ready to leave and organized at Mount Sinai. Then they are traveling. And then there's, remember, the Israelites and the spies and the consequences. And then there's more traveling. And then we arrive at this strange story about the sorcerer Balaam, hired by King Balak of the Moabites to curse the Israelites. Remembering that the king knew of the Israelites' success in conquering their enemies, so his strategy was to try to get a sorcerer to curse them. Dr. Adrian Reynolds, in his numbers commentary, describes how Balaam is considered the architect of Israel's downfall, and Balaam's greed is compared to in other parts of the Bible, for example, 2 Peter 2, 15-16 or Jude 11. Balaam seems to be painted in a similar light to the serpent in Genesis, a chaos creature who was charming but nefarious and greedy. Dr. Tim Mackey points out that other ancient texts also talk about the sorcerer Balaam who knew God, which might suggest he was a well-known character in that time. Did you notice how the poem of Balaam is actually prophesying Jesus and points back to other places in the Torah like Genesis 12 with Abraham and God calling him to be blessed to be a blessing and Genesis 49 there's this connection to the line or the lion of Judah it's so cool Dr. Mackey points out that Balaam seems to know God but do not know the extent or the nature of this relationship during this story, or even after, really, uh, the relationship between the two. We don't know that part. But Dr. Mackey points out that the author of Numbers might be highlighting how Yahweh God was not just a tribal God, but God of the universe, incapable of revealing himself to anyone, including a sorcerer. This was more than God's reputation, but God revealing himself to this pagan sorcerer and that God is sovereign over him and this powerful sorcerer knows it. Yet the sorcerer still chooses stealthy chaos and adversarial tactics to an authentic yielding relationship to God's will and ways. At the end of chapter 24, we think the story of Balaam is over, but we'll read later in chapter 31 that his scheming is not done. And we see the signs in the next chapter, 25, which is just tragic. We have read about the people of Israel complaining and showing a lack of gratitude for God's rescue and provision and a total lack of faith in God's promises. But here in this story, they turn to other gods. The Israelites worship to Baal of Peor, which Dr. Reynolds points out may be a general term used about 100 different times in the Old Testament to refer more generically to uh, like Eastern gods. 
or it could be more specifically all the time or sometimes to fail. If you don't count the golden calf story, this is the first time Israel has broken the first commandment. They are enticed by the gods of the Moabites, and Phinehas, grandson of Aaron, quickly intercedes to avoid this death judgment which would be warranted. And as Dr. Reynolds points out, this is the last we hear about this generation of the Israelites. Note, there is a mention of sexual practices and false god worship, and it seems like that's what happened in this story. It was defiant, though, because the judges were already responding to all the people that were worshiping other gods, and yet this man takes this woman into what is understood to be a sacred space. And then Phineas, priest, right? purging the evil by killing them in the act. These two were apparently children of leaders, and there is more to this story as we get through and continue on to chapter 31 of Numbers. Then in Deuteronomy, we're hearing a reminder of Moses, which he initiated in chapter 12. According to Dr. Miller, he describes this chapter as a speech centered on a heart of gratitude toward God as an act of worship. There is a confession and a reflection and an expression of gratitude for all God has done and given, not only to the individual, but maybe more important, to creation, to rescue, and the blessing, time and again, that lead to this very existence and relationship of these individuals, to us, with God, to this possibility. There is this reiterating of listening, obeying with one's whole heart, Shema, and giving prodigally and generously. Dr. Miller describes his chapter as differentiating the law from all other laws and religions that focus on laws and steps to earn salvation or doing things right. In this faith, with this God, the creator and savior, there are only three things, right worship, right relationship, and right behavior. The relationship is in grace, a gift, as is the blessing. We cannot earn it or deserve it. And when we receive it, we are to yield our power and gifts to God's will and ways, for this is where shalom and flourishing happen. Yet we know Israel, we have and we will fail. There is a need for this prophesied Messiah and King. The need for Jesus is growing in clarity as we're going through the story. Not only that, but the gift of the Holy Spirit to intercede, to advocate, to counsel our hearts as we pursue this type of worship, relationship, and behavior with God. The one and the kind of life He is asking us to be in with Him. Pray for me, I'm praying for you. My prayer is this, found in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. What is this fruit? It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 through 24. See you tomorrow.